and welcome back to the Scent Podcast, where we look at culture through kingdom perspective. This week, we're going to kind of pick up where we left off and continue down a mini-series we started in relationships, where we slow down and we do a deep dive. I'm here with Mike. Yeah, so last week, we talked about dating. Um, We talked about finding the one. Who is the one? Well, we talked about how Jesus is the one, and we we talked a lot about wisdom, um, how... There is no real law or commands in the Bible due to dating because it's only about 100 years old, somewhere around there. So we talked about what is wise um, in dating. And this week we're going to talk about sex. So sexual immorality, a lot of people um, have this idea of sexual immorality as that's intercourse. So as long as I'm not having intercourse and outside of marriage, and that's uh, not sexually immoral. However, it is, uh, it's actually way wider than that. Sexual immorality is actually any sexual arousal outside of a marriage. Not only, not only is it pornography, not only is it um, having sex with somebody outside of marriage, but it's also um, just, your, it can be in your thoughts, it can be in uh, like making out with your boyfriend or girlfriend, it could be all these kind of... What? <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? What? I don't know. Your eyes just went wide at me when you said boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, anyways. Where did I... Yeah. So, uh, sexual morality can be uh, all kinds of things. I think we'll kind of touch on that a little more uh, throughout the episode. But just to be clear, uh, sexual morality is any kind of sexual arousal outside of a marriage. Yeah. And one thing that I think we should really keep in mind as we head into this topic, as it's super heavy, um, lots of churches don't even want to talk about sexual Mm. immorality. But I think the best place to start is everything the Bible says about sexual immorality is said for our benefit. Yeah. That God has sex as a gift and that we pervert that gift to make it something that weakens our relationship with him and that everything even culture says is inhibiting who we are, inhibiting gratification that we get to explore is actually put there so that when we are with our wife, that we can actually explore that gift that God has given us properly. And so Proverbs fourteen fifteen says that the simple or naive people believe anything but the prudent give thought to their steps. And that prudent people understand that what we do today affects tomorrow. Uh, Sex is usually an honest attempt at love, and yet it becomes something that is messy in relationships, that sex is like glue, Mm. that used in the proper circumstance, it will stick you together. But in a relationship that isn't in the context of marriage, it often becomes super messy when you try to pull it apart. Right. Um, now, uh, before we continue, I want to be clear. We are, uh, we are men, so we might refer to people as like, oh, girlfriend or wife. But it, it does apply both ways. We just <laughs> Did I do that? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you just said like when we're with our wife. Right. But we, we mean spouse. It just sometimes, because we're men, sometimes we forget. Um, but anyways, so I want to talk, I want to start off a little bit with talking about hookup culture. This is an idea that, um, is 
really prevalent in today's society. Um, it has a lot of pressure on especially teenagers, um, like especially the transition out of high school into college. It is a very um, is a very big problem. Um, you look at the stats say about fifty percent of high school students have had a sexual experience, and it jumps up to about ninety percent of college students have had a sexual experience in their in their time. And now this hookup culture, it it is super destructive for 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 this very reason, for a number of reasons, but this one mainly. When you have sex, the, the idea of hookup culture, what people say all the time, oh, it's like no strings attached, it's only physical. Well, it's not only physical. When you have sex with somebody, there's three different connections. There is a physical connection, absolutely, 100%. There is an emotional connection in the intimacy. But there's also a spiritual connection. We talked a little bit, I believe, in the last episode about uh, taking a piece of somebody. We did, we did talk a little bit about that. And the thing is, when you sleep around a whole bunch, we talk, I think, actually, I think we talked about giving a piece away of yourself as well. Yeah. So we did talk about that. Now, what about taking the piece of somebody else? So what does that mean? Well, a lot of the time... There's there's some good in that, right? When you, when I, when you have sex with your spouse, you become one, right? But when you sleep around with a whole bunch of people, sometimes you pick up some of their some of their baggage. Like it might be the case that, you know, hey, I know that. Like I, I realize that you know, now you're angry all the time. You're just so angry now. Like you never struggle with anger, but maybe you've been sleeping with somebody who struggled with anger, and now you're on to the next guy who. Who, stru- who struggled a lot with greed, and now all of a sudden you're, you're, you become greedy. I also believe that you pick up these pieces of people, not only the good things, but also the bad things. And so you got to be really, really careful when you share these uh, super intimate spiritual connections with these people and, and break away because, yeah, you take a piece of them, you give a piece of yourself away, you give a piece away of your intimacy that you are going to have with your spouse someday, which... You know, I believe that there's nothing that God can't repair. But I also believe that there are serious consequences to what we to what we do. Like, because there's you, you give a piece of yourself away, but like that you that you really you can't get back because there there's a spiritual tie there, which we could talk a whole lot on soul ties and and spiritual ties. But not we're not going to dive in too much about that right now. No. But uh, but yeah, like. It is, it's just, you know, has so much importance of, of keeping in mind of who it is that you lay with, you know, you are taking a piece of them. So in this hookup culture idea, you have, um, a random person that you meet at a party or at a bar, you, you know, their name, maybe they told you their sign, maybe they told you their, I don't know, (laughs) their favorite animal, but like, I don't know, I don't know, I haven't. (laughs) <laughs> picked up any girls in bars but <laughs> I don't know what that looks like just but talking about animals <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> my favorite animal is a bear <laughs> but you know you know only a few things about this person and you are engaging in a intimate spiritual ceremony yeah is what is what you're doing and looking at what you said like I'm not surprised that there's this hookup culture because our culture is now so sexualized 
I mean, you can look at the commercials in between uh, a YouTube video, and the YouTube video could be something super wholesome. It could be a Christian content, and yet the commercial will be more sexualized than 50s and 60s porn. Mm. I, I was talking to a guy the other day about it, and billboards now have models that are wearing less clothes than um, porn stars in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. And, I mean, like, no kidding, everybody is seeking sex in our culture because from the age of three and four, they're allowed to look at content that is so overly sexualized. Absolutely. And and not only that, like, that's all, like, people talk about it all the time. You hear this, you hear this all the time that sex sells, right? It's, it's a huge part of marketing. And so once it starts making people money, well, holy cow, they're just going to start driving that home, right, if it's making you money. Now, you, you talked about porn for a second, so I kind of want to bring it, bring the conversation there. Porn is such a huge um, piece of our, our culture right now. We look at the statistics. Almost 90%, about 87% of men struggle with pornography and about 30% of women. About, wow. I think I think it's about 31. Now, pornography, I'm just going to pull up the definition here on what the Oxford Dictionary definition is. Uh, it is printed or visual material containing the explicit description or display of sexual organs or activity intended to stimulate erotic rather than aesthetic or emotional feelings. So, may, so in men, oftentimes it's visual, right? That's That's what we think of. When we say when we talk about porn, that's that's oftentimes what we think of is is videos and and photos online. Uh, but it's also like more women struggle with books, maybe like written pornography, where like you look at Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Um, or or audio, right? It's all the same. Any any kind of content that um, is sexually arousing. Uh, this is a problem that has plagued so many young people. Um, I know for myself, I struggled with pornography when I was in, I think it was grade seven. I was super strong in the fact that I'm like, I'm going to be the one guy out of my friends that stands up against pornography. I think it's awful. I don't want to do it. And my friends would talk about it all the time. It was super open. I don't know if that was your experience, but it was mine for sure. Everyone would talk about it. And so I like literally one day I was like, it can't be that good. And my curiosity got the better of me, and I and it I was hooked. Pornography today is looks so much different. Like, for example, the fifties and sixties. Back then, you had to seek it out. If you wanted pornography, you'd have to go to the I don't know the I don't know it was blockbuster thing back then. I have no idea. <laughs> you'd have to go to the into the I don't know VHS store. You'd have to go into the back room and. And go find it. So as a kid, maybe it's not as big of a problem because, well, they wouldn't let you back there. Right? But now, nowadays with these ads and these, the sexualized culture, it actually seeks you out. Instead of you seeking it out, it seeks you out. And so my curiosity got the better of me. And it was a, that was a long battle, man. It was a long battle to, to overcome. It is, it gets a grip of you. And unless you, take that addiction and replace it with something it it won't go away it's it's the idea of and we talked about this last week i think we talked about the idea of imagine like a room a dark room and you were trying to get rid of the darkness 
by throwing it out. Well, darkness isn't anything. Darkness is absence of light, right? So unless you fill that room with light, you will never get rid of the darkness. If you just try and stop thinking about it, you try and get it out of your life, without replacing something, it'll just come back. Like you might go a week and feel great, but you get one temptation, one thing you take too far, and and it's a slippery slope. 100% just a slippery slope. So if you don't fill that... Um, that void with Jesus, with or with with what Jesus is calling you to do, it just won't go away. Yeah, this is actually something that I've uh, spoken on quite a few times. As I was in Peru, um, we would travel around to different churches, and I would constantly talk about freedom and freedom from temptation, because um, that's ultimately where this battle lies. That. You know, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities of darkness and evil. Right. And ultimately, that's where this battle takes place, this battle of temptation. It's Sure, it's in your mind. But I think a verse that I always start with when looking at temptation is 1 Corinthians 10.13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And I think that's always the view we need to come against temptation with. Like it is an addiction. Mm -hmm. Pornography is an addiction. Sexual activity is, to any degree, is a addiction. Like you said, you were talking about needing to replace it. But we also need to learn how to confront temptations Mm. that we need to you know the power of life and death is in the tongue constantly this is a fight for me and any time that I'm given a temptation I have to command that thought to leave but if you don't reject the temptation within the first I think two seconds of receiving that thought then you're going to already fall into that sin you need to command that thought to leave and then replace it with God's truth I am pure I am made in his image I am holy and blameless yeah, absolutely, and and kind of what you were talking about there, um, with commanding the thoughts to leave. Uh, I've heard so many times uh, on this conversation of of lust with, especially with young men. But it's like, oh, like I can't control my thoughts. I don't like how how can you expect me to control my thoughts? I got a I got a thought come into my head. How do I control that? Well, like you said, it's in that it's in that commandment for it to leave. Like God gave us power in, with our words. And I think you can absolutely command thoughts to leave. You have the power. You can control your thoughts. Um, so with that quick command, because I, I know from experience that once you have let the thought come in, you've already decided to sin. You've already made that decision. There is no riding the line of letting the temptation in your, in your brain. Like It is just an instant, um, it's just an instant decision. I was listening to a sermon by my dad a long time ago and he was talking about temptation and he had a bag of chips as an analogy and I, I've also used this a few times but the idea is you open the bag of chips and you're saying to everyone I'm on a diet, I'm not going to eat these chips <laughs> but maybe, oh, maybe I'm just going to smell them <laughs> and you take a little sip <laughs> okay, I'm not going to eat it I'm on a diet, I need to stick to it but, but maybe I'll just take a little lick and you take a little lick of the chip and then you, you know, 
you start thinking about what you've done and you realize, oh, I've already smelled it. I've already licked it. I might as well just eat it now. I'm already in. Yep. And it's the exact same with how temptation works. Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I, I know I've been in, I've totally been in that situation where it's like, well, I've gone this far. What's the difference now? Right? And it's a super dangerous, dangerous way of thinking. I believe that every time that you are tempted, that Jesus gives you an opportunity to get out of that, uh, which we can maybe talk later in, a, in an episode about addiction because I can go quite deep into that. But I do believe that every single time God, Jesus gives you a chance to get out of that. And, and absolutely, like you said, it is within that about probably two seconds that you have to, to be vigilant and make that decision. Yeah. And I think another thing to keep in mind as Christians is in this sexual culture, the more we compromise with our culture, the more we are robbing ourselves of being an ambassador of Christ. Mm. That we are, as Christians, representatives of God. And that as, you know, as we allow ourselves to fall into this temptation, as we compromise with what culture is telling us to do, we are robbing ourselves of that role to some degree. Absolutely. Uh, we look into the, into the book of Leviticus, um, a book that not a lot of folks like to tackle because there is a lot of very um, interesting commands in there. I, that's where you'll read about um, like eating kosher, uh, dressing different, that, that, those kind of things. But the whole idea of Leviticus uh, being, is, is being different from the rest of the world, right? How Israel didn't have the didn't have a king for the longest time. It, they they were set apart from the other kingdoms in the area. Um, so when we compromise, when we when we let society shape sex for us, we end up losing that command in Leviticus of being of being different. You want to be to the point where somebody will look at you, man, oh, man what? What is different about that guy? And and I love that because somebody might ask you, and you're just, I don't know what's different about you. Like, what's going on? And that, that's a great way to tell them, oh, well, I'm a Jesus follower, which is awesome. That's what you want. Your, you want to model your life like that. Um, it's about when we, like, because I know that the church oftentimes fails to mention, to, fails to talk about sex. So instead... We let society shape sex for us, right? Which is why there's all these struggles that we have. Because uh, sex was, for a lot of us, just a conversation with your parent, maybe including a book, and at the end saying, don't have sex till you're married. Well, okay. Why? Well, that, that, that question, okay, now let's go bake cookies. <laughs> not a question that people oftentimes want to answer. It's 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 uncomfortable. It's vulnerable, which people don't like to to get into that conversation. That's oftentimes why um, churches won't talk about sex. We will, you know, beat around the bush and just say don't have sex. And, dr- and then you, as a teen, is like don't have sex, don't have sex. And then you have these sexual desires, and you feel all the shame. And and where's that going to get you? You have no idea why you shouldn't have sex. Then you do it. And it's like, wow, that was amazing. Why can't I do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, 
it's it we let society shape it which is uh, yeah why i think there's so many problems with our society uh, with uh, sexual sin hey future mike and alec here we we, we realize that we talked for a very long time so we're going to split this up into a part 2 and part 3 um and and uh, you'll have to stay tuned next week to get the rest of this juicy podcast <laughs> yeah uh if you want to check out our Instagram, we set one up at thescent.podcast, where we'll post reminders of when we're going to put out podcast episodes, and we're also going to possibly experiment with some other forms of content as well. So, yeah, we look forward to continuing this conversation with you for another week. Right on. Thanks. Bye.